Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling It's Green here in Portland on AM860, soon to be in Seattle, San Francisco, Albany, along with our other stations in Texas and Oklahoma. We thank you for listening. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hill Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Birdie Ball. Um, Christmas is coming. You might check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Well, he's back, our good friend of the show, and I always enjoy my conversations with Gary Van Sickle. It's been a busy year, hasn't it? Most years are, you know. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I'm back despite popular demand. So thank you. <laughs> You're major, all... you know, uh, I don't know what the big upset was in football last week, but having me back, that's that's one of the top five. So good for you. There you go. There you go. I know um, I was down in Corvallis doing a uh, broadcast for the Alumni Association. I got to watch the the Beavers just roll over the Stanford guys. Uh, from a skybox, no less. It was a beautiful new stadium. First time I'd been in the new stadium. And uh, so we might be the spoiler out here on the West Coast, the Beavs, Oregon, Be- Oregon State Beavers. So I'm just, that's my little football prognostication, but it was a, it was a fun game. And it was, I don't know uh, who's going to, I mean, who's going to, who from the West is going to get in the 14 playoff? That's the question. It's going to depend on the next two weeks, and the Beavers could spoil all that. They'll probably just have four SEC teams and get it over with. Probably. Probably. Um, but if the Beavers do their thing, which they normally do, they could well, they're eight and two now. So and they're number 10 in the rankings. Of course, uh, Oregon and Washington are, you know, um six and five respectively. So but if we knock off one of those, we'll be a a, a nine and two or maybe even a ten and two, we could go to the Rose Bowl. Oh my word, that would be a big deal. Oh, is for that us. it's been a long time for Oregon State to be in a Rose Bowl? Yeah, it has been. Hasn't it? Yeah, I think it was before World War II. I'm not sure. But it's yeah, been- in, Indiana Hoosiers were only in one, and that was the 60. They were the Cinderella team. That was the 67 season, and they got to play OJ Simpson and USC in a Rose Bowl and gave them a good game, but they were hopelessly outmanned. But yeah, Indiana and Oregon State are probably the the two teams from those conferences that have seen the least glory in Pasadena. Yeah. He didn't, OJ didn't knife anybody, did he? In that game? Well, we don't really know, do we? (laughs) But if he did, it was, it would only would have been because he loved them. Mm -hmm. And the gloves didn't fit. So he went barehanded. So in the, in the world of golf, We've had all kinds of things happen. Um, I think the last time we talked, Gary, was about the time they came out with uh, Jay Monahan and uh, I don't know how you pronounce the other guy's name from the PIF side, but they had they had uh, went on TV and said, life is good. We're going to be friends and we're going to stop all the litigation. 
And then not much has happened that we know of as far as the general public. Um, and then we have some other investors that uh, look to buy into the, the tour and PIF isn't out of the deal yet. So you're, you're our man on the inside. Tell us what's going on. Well, they agreed to agree, but it turns out it's probably pretty hard to agree. I don't have any inside dope, but think of all the, you know, it was a merger slash takeover. Think of the equipment companies when one company like takes over another. Do they, let's say, Titleist and Cobra, does Titleist go out of their way to give Cobra the technology innovations or do they use them for the Titleist brand? Yeah. What usually happens is the one brand tries to stamp out its competition. Even that's one of the reasons they bought it. Uh, and you could say the same about a few other deals that have happened in equipment. They've really let one brand slide because, uh, you know, I, I, in fact, the better analogy might be when Jack Nicholas tried to run a, an agency to represent other players. Right. And a good, good offer would come in and Jack would go, well, I'll just take that. And the other guys didn't get what they were. So my point is, I if Jay Monahan is going to be the commissioner, the CEO of this new entity overseeing both Live Golf and the PGA Tour, Jay's the guy who's been trying to stamp Live out of existence since they started. Is that the guy you really want to answer to if you're Greg Norman or any of those guys? So I I fully, I mean, I'm I'm just guessing that that's one of the hangups. Like, what are they going to do? Are you going to kill off Liv? Are you going to keep it going? I mean, you know, you could take Liv and make it a fall fall schedule. They could play their 12 or 14 events from September to maybe January. And it kind of augment the PGA Tour season if they wanted to do that. Yeah. No, so they're going to, you know, they're going to bump up against the Corn Ferry Tour. Oh, no, you know. So, yeah, but, uh, but yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I just think. It sounds easy to say we're going to stop suing each other and we agree to get together, but how do you get together when you're basically you're still competing? Yeah. So against each other. So I, I don't see it ending well, and I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thing, the whole agreement, got flushed down the toilet and they got to start over. But I, I don't, I don't have any hard data. But I, I, my feeling is uh, the PGA Tour is still going to try to eliminate Live one way or the other. What about the uh, some of the private equity firms? And I don't know if they were approached by the tour or they approached the tour. I, I don't know how that worked, but there was a bunch of uh, rumor, if you will, um, over the last few weeks that, yeah, they had guys that were willing to put in, you know, a lot of money and so on and so forth. But having my experience in business, when you're working with those venture capital guys, which is what they are, they usually want a pretty good chunk of the proceeds. And they also want control over the product because they don't put up, you know, their money's worth more than Gary's and Jeff's money, which we don't have any. So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But, but the point is um, that's the one thing that I don't see that, that ends up well too. Um, PIF aside, when you start working with those Wall Street boys, they're used to making big dollars. I mean, their checks have seven figures in them every other Thursday. So yeah, they, they expect a return. Yeah. And, uh, and how much, look, no matter how live and the PGA Tour turns out, how much bigger can it get? How how much, you know, 
if you're going to put in a couple billion dollars to invest, how much bigger can the PGA Tour really get yes. than it is now? I mean, sure. Is it going to double in size? Well, the Wall Street guys, to your point, they don't invest in things if they're only going to double. Yeah. I mean, that sounds silly, but that's nothing. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for, you know, tenfold increase. And I don't know how you generate a tenfold increase with with what they have. It's golf. It's yes. not everybody's favorite sport. And you're competing with all the American pro sports and soccer around the world. And, you know, the rest of the world has things. To, I, I I agree. I don't see where it's a, it's a great investment to make a lot of money in, you know, the next 10 or 20 years. But then again, I don't see the big picture. I'm just a little golf rider. I don't, I don't know what kind of plans they have, but uh, the platform streaming at some point, how much golf is too much to, for people to pay for to watch. Well, and um, I think there's probably the wall street guys. I'm just speculation on my part, but there's some bragging rights that if they would have done something with the tour, there's some bragging rights that would go with, with that. Like our, our company, our agency, whatever, you know, we own now part of the tour. And so they get better VIP seats and the preferred parking and, and the, take the corporate jet every weekend to watch the event. But like you said, how far can you, they expand it? Um, yeah. You know, and that's what sold. That's why the PGA tour has been successful. What you just said, they've done a great job at finding whatever, a hundred and some sponsors, 130 sponsors, for the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, the Canadian Tour, the Latin American Tour, PGA Tour champions. The PGA Tour is great at finding sponsors. And a lot of those companies either have a CEO who likes golf and he wants to play in a pro-am. So they're they're involved sponsoring a tournament. Yeah. Or it's a, it's a reward for the company employees like Honda, the Honda Classic. They would bring in Honda dealers from around the country, the Mercedes out in Hawaii. They bring in Mercedes dealers. That's another perk. Uh, FedEx, they just bought, I don't know, brand recognition, I guess. You, I don't know how much more of a recognizable their brand could become, but they're dropping 75 to 80 million a year for this FedEx Cup thing. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Gary Van Sickle here on Grilling at the Green right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we're talking with Gary Van Sickle today. Don't forget, um, if you want some really good seasonings, I know this is a golf show, but we also talk about food. Uh, go to pigpowder.com. My uh, partner in crime on the barbecue world, Leanne Whippin, that's a recipe that her dad made. It's won numerous world championships. Just go to pigpowder.com. And I always tell people, Leanne will actually, she's kind of famous, uh, will actually sign the bottle for you when she ships it to you. Uh, we're talking with uh, Gary Van Sickle. The other thing that you were just talking about at the end of the last segment, besides worrying that somebody might mistake you for a marketing guy, is some of the sponsors we've had now are pulling back because of the elevated tour thing. And they're like, Hey, we had 15 years with the, with the tour. And now our sponsorship is relegated to 
second class, if you will. Nobody's used that term that I know of except me. Yeah. But that's the way if I was sitting in there and, and the tour came and said, we want 20 million from your company and we've got a great spot for you in the middle of the tour and all this stuff. But then all of a sudden the, the event in front and the event behind are elevated. They've got this extra money and the guys on tour, they're going to play those two and maybe take that week off in the middle. Um, that's not a, to me, that's not a good business move nor a good brand move to kind of push those longtime sponsors back a little bit. Yeah, the price of admission to buying your way into the PGA Tour, if you're a sponsor, you know, basically almost doubled, went from eight to 10 to 12 million up to like 20, 20 million plus. Mm -hmm. And how many companies have a bottom line where they can they can justify that? You better really be getting some some bang for your buck. There goes another airplane. Uh, I'm here at the RSM Classic. Uh, how many how many companies can afford that? You know, that's the thing about capitalism. It forces efficiency and and uh, you're rewarded for cutting your costs. Well, this is not a way to cut your costs when you're spending a lot of money on golf. And what is your what is your brand exposure? Are you reaching the demographics? Jace, Jeff, we're sounding like marketing guys again. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know. Uh, I agree. I would be tough for me to swallow. And in, 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 now I'm, if I'm a tournament that's caught in a sandwich there between the, the so-called big events, I'm guaranteed to not have a good field, to not have any recognizable names. And granted, without Tiger and Phil, who were probably, you know, done on the PGA Tour, yeah. I don't know if there is a big name left who really moves the needle. Maybe Rory McIlroy, but I, I don't think uh, – just happening, even nothing. Scotty Scheffler's number one in the world, or John Rahm, but I'm not sure if those guys being in your tournament causes a stampede to the ticket office. I, I'm pretty sure they don't. So golf is kind of waiting for the next superstar who can really sell tickets and move the needle. But you know that guy's that guy's got to that guy's got to happen first. And you know we had a pretty interesting year of golf, but we didn't identify that guy guy this year. In fact. Watching Scotty Scheffler, we I think we pretty much identified that's not he's not the guy unless he fixes his putting because he kind of yes he kind of didn't finish well. Maybe it's a uh, Tiger's kid Charlie in the future. Never well, know. He moves, he's moves the needle. I mean, like what kind of ni what kind of nil money can he get in a couple of years? Yeah. Well, I think his high school team just finished. Uh, they might have in Florida. I think they just played yesterday and today. I think, and I I could be wrong. I think his team won, but he finished maybe twenty six or something overall. Uh, it was real close, but yeah, Charlie. He's already got the brand recognition. So, but he's a you know he's a few years off. What are oh, we going to yeah. do in the time? I did see a clip of him uh, chipping one in from uh, I don't know thirty forty feet or something. Yeah. Well. Maybe. He'd be he'd be ideal, uh, but he's got to you know he's got to get there. He's got to get here first. It's not easy. I don't think he'd have any problem getting sponsor exemptions. No, but he, so it's not easy to play your way onto the PGA Tour. There's not really a direct path. Yeah, that's less bad than it was, but it's not very good. No, it's hard yeah. to get out here. Well, like you said, you know he could get uh, probably all the uh, exemptions that he wanted. Oh, yeah, you can get seven. Uh, and then you have to win enough money to get temporary status and get a card. Then you can get unlimited. 
Yeah. So if he could get unlimited cards, that would be great. But he's gonna in he's gonna have seven tournaments in which he's got to win. I don't know what the money would be on last year's money list, but he's got to he's got to win a pretty pretty good amount of money uh, to do that. And really, only I would say probably fewer than ten guys have played their way onto the tour doing that. You know, and that, most everybody winds up going to Q school, and it's not what it used to be. Q school is now for the Corn Ferry Tour, not the PGA Tour. So. It's a it's a rough racket here. You got a thousand guys trying to squeeze through a doorway that's got room for ten of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I I used to see that when they had the Winco here in Portland, um, they would always give out Corn Ferry event. If you're not familiar, um, they would get about twenty five cards, but they don't even have that event here now. They took that event away, um, and now they they moved on to some of it to Boise. And there's they just gave those cards out not long ago. Uh, for the 25 that made it, I don't know, it was a month ago or something. I've kind of lost track yeah. of time, but like that. Uh, but then, you know, and they, they get some nice coverage and this guy's life story and this and that, and they're all, uh, and I'm going to sound sarcastic and I don't mean to be, but they're all very nice touching stories about how hard these guys work and they do work hard, but you don't know them. You don't know yeah. who the hell they are, you know, they can say this guy, you know, he won f- four corn fairy tour events over the last two years. And he's, unless you really are into it and are looking at the standings and stuff, the general public doesn't know who they are. So they're not moving the needle. Like you said, it it takes a long time to build your brand to use marketing terms again. Uh, I mean, a good example is remember when Fred couples and Davis love were up and coming young guys in the early nineties, mm-hmm. Fred couples had the look, he had the haircut, he had the, Swagger, the hot wife. He was an instant star, and they both hit it long. Davis Love hit it almost as long, pretty much, you know. And Fred just was had the I don't know. He had this kind of cool non-swagger swagger, if that yeah. makes sense. Right. People just immediately were drawn to him. Davis Love had to win a long time to really get to the same spot, popularity-wise. I think in part because he walked around like you know, with an expression like he just smelled bad cheese. And people look at pro golfers. I've tried to analyze this. People look at pro golfers, and the ones they like are the ones who appear to be having fun and the ones who smile a lot. You know, Matt Kuchar and Phil Mickelson have these faces that are built in, but they have a natural smile. Their face at rest is kind of a smile. I don't have yeah. that at all. I got the nothing. I don't. I can't even smile good when I try to smile. But Phil and Kuchar look like they're always smiling. We're going to take another break. Gary and I will be back here on Grilling at the Green in just a minute. Stay with us. Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. Don't forget, for the holiday season, they have put that uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef um, discount on the uh, on the website. So if you order off their on-store line, online store, if I say it correctly, uh, you can put in BBQ Nation for the code, and you'll get 
little discount there delivered right to your door. Also, the folks at Birdie Ball, thank those folks back there in Colorado. John Breaker and his family, great product, a lot of fun playing in your backyard or in the park or wherever you play with Birdie Ball. Um, one thing, Gary, um, we've got some new folks that I've known for a long time that are supporting the show. Uh, Weston Kia out here. And I always try to give our guests to give a travel tip. And you're a very well-traveled uh, journalist, golf journalist. What would be one thing you could uh, share with our listeners about travel, especially going to golf tournaments? Well, there are certain travel tips. Uh, you always really want to stay on the top floor of a hotel because at least that way nobody's walking around with elephant feet on the ceiling above you. Uh, you might want to be near the elevator, so it's convenient, but you probably will hear the elevator, so you want to be not near the elevator. And as far as flying, uh, if you're going to be on a flight of at least 90 minutes and you're in the airport, never eat Mexican food. That's that's a good tip. That's probably the most if viable flight for 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yes, I get you it. Just don't want, just don't do that. Those are some, those are some obvious ones, you know? And the other thing is here, here's kind of an insider one. You should definitely either take a passport with you in a different carry bag, you know, carry on, or you may want to have a, uh, you may want to Xerox your driver's license and your passport and have that somewhere. So in case something happens, let's say you're, somebody steals your wallet. Uh, if you have a Xerox of your ID, you might be able to do something and get by and get through the gates at the airport. I, I It doesn't come up often, but that's kind of like the ultimate be prepared because, you know, they used to not let you check in at a, any, even at a hotel, you got to have ID. So, right. but you want extra copies of your ID. And when yeah. you go to work out in a hotel gym, don't take your driver's license, take a business card. So, if you lose it, all you did was lose a business card, not your real ID. Yep. The one thing I do, I got a separate little leather, it's a slotted little wallet. And I keep that in like my left hand front pocket. And that I have a passport card along with my regular passport. Looks like a driver's license, but it's yeah, passport. That's good. And I, I take that and I, and I got a couple business cards in it. And that's what I keep when I'm traveling in my front pocket. So you, you should also have a travel agent book your trips for you. That way, when there's a mistake, you have someone to blame because when you book stuff yourself and mess up, it is maddening. You can't blame anyone. I hate that. I hate that. Uh, I understand completely. Those travel tips uh, from Gary Van Sickle brought to you by Weston Kia. You can go out there to Gresham, Oregon and get uh, hooked up with those guys. I've known them since I was a kid. And they do it the Western way. So um, I like the Mexican food one the best. So yeah, I think that's that, the rule. Don't do it. Spoken from experience, I'm guessing. Well, I think anyone who's been to Taco Bell or Chipotle in normal life, you can set a watch to it. It's about 90 minutes later. Yeah. yeah. And you'll be occupied. Absolutely. So um, talked about the over the year overall. We've had some interesting things happen. Um, what what was not, your what was your favorite event of the year or the event that was most memorable for you personally for any reason? 
Actually, it just happened yesterday or the day before when when uh, this, it's not about a tournament, but it was Rory resigning from the players board. I think that told us a lot. Um, you could read into it what you wanted. No reason why you can't. But that told me a lot, like, because they're saying, well, he was tired and he did all this and this and this and this. And that's true. I'm sure he was working a lot and very tired. But I also think deep in his heart, maybe he felt like he got stepped on a little bit, too by the commission, some other folks. So we'll never yeah, know. A little backstabbing. And, you know, those guys, that was the wrong time to be a player advisory member because they had that they had a lot of stuff. I, it's just probably among besides being not liking the direction and not, not, not liking what happened. It took up too much time and it, it was, it became a distraction for them. Yeah. It's like, I've done my, that's enough. I've done my stuff. Let somebody else do it. So I, like he hadn't won a major in almost ten years. Let's let's get back into yeah, get back into the hunt where you can start winning them again. The other thing, Gary, that stuck out in my mind, and these are just weird little factoids, but the thing that that stuck out in my mind was the Patrick Cantley. I'm not wearing the hat until somebody pays me. I think that was a really bad image for professional golf. That's just my opinion. But like we were talking about in the previous segment, it's entertainment. Be nice to the folks, do this and that. Um, and plus with being the Ryder cup, you know, there's some patriotic fervor behind that and this and that. And I think that I don't know, Patrick Cantley. Um, I don't know him. I've never talked to him, but I just thought that was a bad look. Well, yeah, it, it was, you know, Paul McGinley, I'm going to steal his comments, but I'm going to credit him. Paul McGinley on Golf Channel was talking about this, and he said, you know, the the Ryder Cup, if it's on whichever side of the ocean it's on, they're that group, the PGA of America gets the money, and when it's in Europe, the European PGA gets the money, and they really need the money because their tour is not all yeah. that exciting. But he said, all the talk through history in the last 25 years about getting paid for the Ryder Cup, it's all been the Americans. You never hear the Europeans talking about we need to get paid. They know that playing in the Ryder Cup enhances their brand, and they know the money coming in goes to their tour and enables their own tour to, to raise the purses. They know they're getting paid indirectly. Those guys never complain about the money in the Ryder Cup, and guess what? They're they're kicking the Americans' asses. Yeah. For, 30 years there, they're dominant. They're dominating. Let's face it. They're dominating up. Okay. Whistling straights was one-sided, but that was once I don't have the number in front of me, but they've won most of the Ryder cups, you know, Tiger Woods in his whole career played on one winning Ryder cup team. Right. You know, these guys know how to win and they don't, they play for the love of the game, the love of the competition. And the Americans are like, well, I should really have another 200 grand. These are the same guys who, you know, want, these limited event, limited field, uh, elevated events with no cuts. So I mean, it's they're turning it into a closed shop. These guys who already have all the money want to get all the rest of the money and not have any competition for it. Yep. They look completely greedy, not just about the Ryder Cup, but Overall. setting up the you know, hey, if you're so good, then then open the make it an open competition. Let's see who wins. Go play for it. That's the American way. That's the meritocracy that the PGA Tour has always been. And they act like it's their birthright that they should be getting $3 million every time they show up. And 
you're right. It's a bad look. And uh, I think greed has finally caught up with golf. Do you think the, they announced yesterday um, every player would get a minimum of $55,000 this going into next year on the tournament level? How about the media? What do we get? Well, we get bad hot dogs in a 90-minute window to to make it to the throne room. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's 55. I mean, I don't know. You know, sports sports are being ruined by money, even the pro sports. But the PGA Tour makes needs to make their tournaments be about the golf and the trophies. Not about the money. You, no fan gets excited about the size of the paycheck that the guy gets, yeah. the winning check. He gets excited about, it, and the same for the players. I want that. I want that. L, the Genesis Invitational Trophy. I want that Phoenix Open Trophy. I want whatever the trophy is. It means something. That's one of the problems with live. Their tournaments have no history or tradition or value. It's just the next bit. They just don't mean anything. But here, every tournament stop's got some kind of history behind it. They all mean something. And, you know, you win $4 million. You can These guys can be playing for $50 million in one week, and that wouldn't make it any more interesting to me. No, that's it, true. Now, you go to, you go to Eastlake and play a great golf course and play for, you know, the U.S. Open, then that's interesting, but the money doesn't make it interesting. So um, I think that's... I think that's a problem that the golf has got to figure out, especially the PGA Tour. They've got a, they've suddenly got an image problem, and certainly Patrick Cantlay does too. Um, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and wrap up with Gary Van Sickle here on Grilling at the Green. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Uh, we've got some Christmas shows coming up. We're going to be doing some gift stuff and some Christmas story stuff. I've been working pretty hard on those. So um, we'll kick those off after right after Thanksgiving. We're talking with Gary Van Sickle, great friend of the show. And I just love talking to Gary every time we can do that. You know, which you talk about, we were chatting in the last segment about bad look, this type of thing. So let's jump over to live for a second. Uh, Pat Perez, you know, is he out now? I mean, he won a bunch of money this year, but as far as his standings and placings, they sucked. So, you know, and he was the one touting about and, and being on the stage with the champagne and all that hoopla. And we saw that here in Portland and all that. That really shows me too that, where these guys thought that they were signing on these uh, golden parachutes. And like when the first time you and I talked about live two years ago, I said, you don't understand the business mind, not, not you, but the golfers didn't understand the business mind of the, the oil boys in the middle East. They want to win. They want to control. They want to do that. And so it seems to me some of the reality of their world, even though they've got, plenty of money now is they're not probably not going to be on the stage. They may be sitting at home in their Volkswagen, you know? 
Well, Pat Perez would be the first to admit he was a, the luckiest son of a gun around to be on this gravy train for two years. Because how much money do you think he would have won on the PGA Tour the last two years if he even had status? Right. Uh, he just was guaranteed to. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but what did he? What did he pocket? Four or five million two years in a row. This year, and, uh, this year, being with like his... the forty-fourth ranked guy on out of forty-eight guys on live. Yeah. Hey, anybody would sign up for that. I think he actually got Gary over ten million this year because of the team bonus. And yeah, he was on a he was on a good team. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I don't think he's going to lament that decision, and nor should he. But yeah, it's uh, they want they want ultimately the Saudis just wanted to get find a way to get into the PGA Tour, and they thought they could do this and build a tour that as just as big, but. I think they quickly realized, no, we can't. We can't. There's not enough money in the world to create a major championship. So uh, this deal was brokered. But you know, they raised the money so high that the PGA Tours cried uncle caved in first, and they're like, "Well, if you're Saudi, if you're going to spend billion, you're going to put billions of dollars in the golf. Why don't you put it into the PGA Tour instead of live? We'll take that." Yeah. So, I mean, that's good back to that agreement that we mentioned earlier. I, the PGA Tour can't compete with the size of the money. And they said, we'll take some of that. We don't care who you are. Oh, you were, you know, you're friends with uh, the Palestinians. Oh, it's, nobody's bringing that up. Uh, you, you're anti-Israel. Nobody's bringing that up, but we'll take the money. You know, the yeah. only guy who brought that up repeatedly, and he really brought it up just because of the murder of the journalist, was, was Brandel Chambly. And he couldn't stop bringing it up, but... Uh, that's that's where they are. It's just too much money that they we could have that, and we could float a lot of boats with that dough. So it's it look you back to the what we talked about. It's just business. It is a business, and if you're in the bottom of the live standings, yeah, they'll find somebody else for a couple of years. But hey, you made yeah. your money. You you did all right. Yeah, maybe they'll make you uh, an assistant team captain with a desk instead of a golf bag. You never no, know. Well, I saw there's an opening for uh, somebody to work in the Live Golf uh, public public relations department. Uh, I don't think they want an actual writer. They, I'm I'm not a good PR guy because I'm going to insist on people telling the truth. But if you're looking for a job and have some PR experience and probably want to travel the world a little bit, it's be a, probably be a pretty good job. Not like they can't afford to pay you something. So right. Well, I uh, I have traveled the world. Um, I don't think I could. Uh, I don't think I could put all of my best thoughts and energies into that, knowing look, what the situation. Hey, look, is. you're sitting in front of the. You're sitting at the old course right now. Apparently, you're probably right about on the Swilkin Bridge. I would estimate, yep. based on the pitch behind you. So, obviously, that's where you are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've got it. You've got it made. You're not on a blue screen or anything like that. You're really there. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, we. we I love. I, I, by the way, and I, I make fun of that, but that looks so good. It oh, looks. It, it looks. It probably looks better than the rain you've been dodging today. Yeah, I'm in front of a dripping side building here at Sea Palms, and uh, wherever we are in Sea uh, Saint Simon Island here, and uh, it's, at least it's not raining, so that's now, so that's good. So. We're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to get Gary to stick around for a little bit on uh, After Hours because I want to talk to him about his golf. 
He's had an interesting. Well, we didn't even get to Michael Block and the shot of the year. No, we're gonna we're gonna do that when we come back with after hours. But I'm out of time okay. for the network stuff. So Gary, thank you as always, and uh, stick around, and we'll be back with after hours in a minute. Until then, uh, have a good week. Go out and play some golf and take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions LLC in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.